say thank you father god we give you glory we give you honor we give you praise god we lift our hands and we just say thank you on tonight god we say thank you for your grace thank you for your mercy thank you for your power thank you for keeping us thank you for leading and guiding us in your righteousness god god we just say thank you god hallelujah god we realize that we have nothing without you, God, and that we can't make it without you. So, God, we just say thank you, God. Father God, just have your way on tonight. Move by your spirit, God. Let something be said, God, that would encourage us, empower us, inspire us, God, that we will trust you, Father God, that we will lean and depend on you, God, that we will cast all our cares upon you, Father God, and take on your yoke, God, because your yoke is light, God. So, God, we just say thank you on today. God, we just say thank you on tonight. If we had 10,000 times, we still couldn't thank you enough. We still couldn't give you enough glory. We still couldn't give you enough honor. We still couldn't give you enough praise because you have been so good to us, Father God. In spite of what we're dealing with, in spite of what we're experiencing, God, God, we say yes, God. Yes to your will. Yes to your way. Yes to your purpose. Yes to your plan. God, we commit our will, our way 
day to you, God. We submit, we surrender everything to you, Father God. And we say, have your way in us and through us, God. So, Father God, on tonight, move by your spirit. Holy Spirit, you have the right of way. We yield to you, God, and say, have your way, God. We just decree and declare, God, that we will not leave here the way we came, but we will leave encouraged. We will leave empowered. We will leave inspired. We will leave strengthened. We will leave in peace, God, in the name of Jesus, God. And we just say thank you, God. Oh, God, we just say thank you, God. We thank you that each and every need is met on tonight, God. Hallelujah. We thank you, God. Help us to trust you even the more, God, that we will live by faith, God, that we will walk by faith and not by sight, and we will put our complete trust, our complete confidence in you, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. And God, we just say thank you, God, for everything that you are allowing us to experience, God, that's building us, that's molding us, that's making us, that's strengthening us, God, that we will be able to continue to stand, God, stand on your words, stand on your promises, God, that we will draw closer to you, God. Hallelujah. And we just say, thank you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor and we give you praise in Jesus name. Amen and amen. Well, God bless everyone. Thank you once again for joining us for Thursday Night Faith Talk. Well, our purpose is to encourage, empower, and inspire you to trust God. So whether you're on YouTube or if you're on Facebook, if this is your first time joining us on tonight, if you haven't already done so, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on YouTube, share the broadcast with two or three people on today that you know need to be encouraged. If you're on Facebook, go ahead and hit that like button, send us some stars, share it with someone on tonight because someone needs to be encouraged. Someone needs to be empowered. Someone needs to be inspired on tonight. So don't be afraid. Go ahead and share. You share it. It might be that one person that say, you know what? I was about to give up. Thank you so much for sharing God's word on tonight with me because it's not about us. It's about what God wants to do through us because we are nothing. We're just vessels that are yielding and allowing God to use us. Amen. So if you don't mind, go ahead and hit that like button. Go ahead and sharing the word with someone on tonight. So on tonight, we're going to be talking about committing, commit your way unto the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And if you have your Bibles with me, I want you to, uh, the first scripture we're going to go over, we're going to be in Psalms chapter number 37, and we're going to read verses three to five. So if you have your Bibles, go with us to Psalms 37, and we're going to start reading at verse number three. Amen. And it says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. One thing I love most about these uh scriptures right here, three through five, it tells us twice to trust in the Lord. It's letting us know that, hey, we need to trust in God. We need to get to the place in our walk with God where we totally trust him, where we 
commit everything to him, where we lean on him. See, when we trust God, we get to the place where we depend on him, right? We're depending on him. In each and every, each and every day, in every area of our life, we are dependent on God. Why? Because He is our help. Glory to God. Just like if someone is blind, right? They depend on other people to guide them around. They also depend on their other senses. Because when you lose one thing, guess what? Other things are in heightened. So for a blind person, they can't see. They depend on their hearing. Their hearing is uh, magnified more. So they can hear things more better and more clearer sometimes than those of us who have sight. So they depend on their other senses. So we got to get to our walk where we were with God to where we're just blind. And we allow God to lead us. We allow God to direct us. We allow God to uh, be our pathway. The scripture in Psalms tells us uh, that uh, that word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Why? Because God's word is our path. It leads us. It guides us. It shows us which way to go. Trust me, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, there is some word in this book that will lead you and guide you, that will give you help to whatever you're dealing with. But you won't ever find out if you don't get in the word. So that's why it's so important to get in God's word, to read it, to allow the word of God to become a part of us, to become a way of our life where we lean in on God and depend on him like never before. No matter what we're experiencing, no matter what we're dealing with, no matter what we go through, guess what? We have to lean and depend on God. So it says in Psalms 37, it tells us in verse number five, commit your way to the Lord. When you look at the word commit, and if you just Google commit, it has a few definitions, yield, pledge, devote, apply, give, right? If you look at the commit in the King James uh, Bible Dictionary, it says the word commit means to dedicate, to entrust, to set apart, to entrust one's spiritual well-being to Christ. So when we commit ourselves to God, we dedicate, we entrust ourselves to him, we set ourselves apart. Why? For his purpose, his plan. Right. But so many times our purpose, our plan, what we want to do, guess what? It gets in the way of us committing ourselves totally to God because we're like, you know what? There's some things I want to do. There's some things I want to experience, but we have to get past ourselves. We got to get past ourselves and totally commit to God. Not saying that you're not going to ever make a mistake, but we got to make it up in our mind that we're going to commit ourselves to him, commit our way, our wants, our desires, what we want to do. When you look at that word commit in the Hebrew, it means to uh, roll that way upon. So we need to roll our way unto God and accept his purpose and his plan. So many times, so many of us struggle in areas of our life. And I've been there. I've had many struggles. 
Why? Because I some areas of my life I committed totally to God and there was other areas I was trying to hold on to and do it myself. In 1 Peter 5 and 7, it tells us to cast our cares upon him because why? He cares for us. But so many times we get in the way. We are our biggest enemies. What they used they say that my enemy is my inner me. It's my way of thinking, my way of doing things, what I want to do. So sometimes we're our biggest enemy because we get in the way. Glory to God. We overthink things sometimes. We over-rationalize things. And it tells us to cast our cares upon him, cast our burdens upon him. It means to roll everything onto God. Give everything over to him and give yourself totally over to God. And when we do that, guess what? God will strengthen us. Glory to God. He will lead and guide us. But in order for him to do that, we have to allow him to do it. Because why? God is not going to force himself on us. He's not going to make us do nothing. He'll speak to us. He'll talk to us. He'll show us things. But at the end of the day, it goes back to choice. We have to choose whether or not we're going to obey God. We have to choose whether or not we're going to serve him. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me to Matthew Chapter 6, uh, read verse 24 for me, Simone. I can't hear you. You're on mute. You say Matthew 6, verse 26? 24. 24. So, yeah, Matthew 6, 24. Okay. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So the first thing in order to commit ourselves to God, we have to give ourselves over to him for his purpose, his plan, his service. And I'm going to read the Amplified Version. It says, no one can serve two masters, for he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. So in order for us to commit ourselves to God, we have it has to it's it's a level of devotion that needs to be there. We have to devote ourselves to him, to give ourselves over totally to him, to say God, not my will, but allow your will, God, to be done in my life. And some of us it takes us to get to the point where we say, you know what, God, I'm just tired of doing things my way. My way is not the best way. I'm tired of messing up. I'm, it just seems like every time I keep putting my hands and stuff, I keep messing up stuff. And God, I'm just tired of doing things my way. I'm tired of carrying on this heavy load. I'm tired of this heavy burden, God. I'm just, I'm just tired. And so we have to make it up in our mind who we're going to serve because it says that you're going to either love one and hate the other or be devoted to one or devoted to the other. So we can't be devoted to God and Satan at the same time. So we have to choose. That's why I said, choose you this day whom you will serve. You're going to either serve God or the man. Glory to God. Hallelujah.
So it says, you cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon means money, possessions, fame, status, or whatever is valued more than the Lord. Is there anything in your life right now that you're putting before God that you're valuing more than God? Are you valuing your money more than God? Are you valuing your job because you got a good job more than God? Are you valuing your possessions, your house, your fame, your status? Glory to God. Is there anything that you're valuing more than God? Your marriage, your kids, is anything that you're putting up before God? Because see, sometimes what we do is we tend to make things, we idolize things in our life and begin to make things look God's in our lives. Because we begin to make God things idols. And we can't put nothing before God. God has to come first. So when we're putting other things before God, that means we're serving those things. We're serving our money. We're serving our possessions. We're serving fame, status, whatever we're valuing more than God, those things tend to become our God because that's what we begin to focus on. That's what we begin to plan our time around. That's what we begin to devote ourselves to. That's the things that we begin to take the greatest pleasure in. So we can't serve God and other things at the same time. We got to get to the place where we commit ourselves to God and allow him to be God of our lives because he is not going to force himself on us. It says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him. So God, I'm going to commit my way to you. That means I'm going to dedicate myself to you. I'm going to give myself to you. I'm going to apply your word to my life. I'm going to set myself apart to be used for your purpose and your plan. I'm going to entrust my spiritual well-being over totally to you. God, I'm going to allow you to lead me and to guide me in your righteousness and not mine. Because I know my righteousness is filthy rags. So I'm going to allow you to be my God. And it says, and he shall bring it to pass. God knows what we're in need of. But we got to commit ourselves to him. We got to trust in him. And so many times we think when we do give ourselves to God and we say the sinner's prayer and we, you know, receive salvation, we think we're not going to go through nothing. Yeah, you're going to still deal with some things. But you will be dealing with it not by yourself. God is with you and you will have a sense of peace as you're dealing with those things. Read verse number 25 for me, Simone. Okay, you want me to do the amplified version? Yeah, do the amplified. <clears throat> so we got to give ourselves to God, commit, apply, dedicate ourselves to Him. So many times we dedicate ourselves to so many things, but are we dedicated to God? Okay, so it says, therefore, I tell you, stop being worried or anxious, perpetually uneasy, distracted about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body as to what you will wear. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? 
So it says, stop being worried or anxious, perpetually uneasy, distracted. So many times we get so distract, distracted in our lives about what's going on around us. And it causes our level of commitment with God to go down. See, God is not interested in no 50-50 relationship with us. He's not, it's, there's no 80-20 rule with God. God wants 100% of us, right? And we want 100% of him. So it's 100% of us and 100% of him. He's not looking for no halfway or no half-stepping. He wants 100% of us. But what we tend to do, you know, we we have our little measuring cup or a little measuring stick and we, you know, we get distracted. We get distracted by so many things. We get distracted by life and by things that's going on around us. Sometimes we get distracted about different things that's going on in the world. And sometimes these things can cause us to be worried, cause us to be anxious, cause us to be perpetually uneasy. These things can cause us to be distracted, worried about what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we're going to wear. It says, is, if, is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Some of us, our whole life and whole being is um, surrounded by food, Go eating a bunch of food and, and putting on a bunch of clothes to make us feel like we're looking good. But when we're putting more of our attention on these type of things instead of God, that means there's something on the inside that's not right. There's something on the inside of us that needs to be adjusted. Because we're so focused on so many other things. And so many times we'll use food as a pacifier, right? No, I used to be there, emotional eater. You know, food made me feel good. You know, when I'm going through something or stressed out or worried, hey, I run to some food and get that quick little emotional uh, release from the food, right? Glory to God. Our life is more than food and our body is more than clothing. We can dress up and look good on the outside, but be toe up on the inside. Many of us, we walk around with a smile, but we this close to giving up. We this close to throwing in the towel. We this close to just saying, calling it quit, but we look good on the outside. There's so many people walking around depressed and stressed. So many people that are suicidal, but they look good on the outside. And you would never know what they're dealing with on the inside. Why? Because they they're so we sometimes we tend to be so worried and focused on things that's going on in the world. And these things tend to distract us. And sometimes these things can discourage us when we're looking around at everything that's going on and we're dealing with stuff. And we're like, God, when my time coming, when things going to happen for me, when things going to turn around for me, we just got to continue to commit ourselves to God. Go ahead and read verse number 26 and 27. Okay. Look at, look at the birds of the air. 
They neither sow seed nor reap the harvest nor gather the crops into barns, and yet your heavenly Father keeps feeding them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by worrying, can add one hour to the length of his life? So I've never heard of, I've never seen, have you ever seen a bird worry? <laughs> have I, ever, I ain't never seen a bird to fly off a cliff. <laughs> Gorgeous Stewie said, that's definitely me. Binge eat for no reason. I know, I've been there. Thinking that food is going to satisfy me. Been there drinking, thinking that drink is going to satisfy me. Been there smoking, thinking that weed was going to, you know, it's only a temporary relief. You know what I'm saying? You feel good for a little while. You get you drinking and you feeling good for a moment. And then the next day when you wake up, guess what? Your problems and everything's still there. Or the next day, if you drink too much, you're going to wake up sick and in a worse condition. Then no you're waking up sick, holding the toilet, and your problems still there in the back of your mind. So you double messed up at this point. I ain't never seen a bird shaking and nervous and, and full of anxiety and depression, worried about what if they're going to get a bug or a worm. Birds are early in the morning. They're always singing and flying in groups together. I ain't never seen a bird losing weight, you know what I'm saying, staggering around. Just say, you know what, forget it. I'm not going to eat fly today, man. I just forget it. I do you, you know, I ain't found no worm today. I'm just gonna forget it. Nah, because they know they're gonna be taken care of. I ain't never seen a baby worried about how they're gonna get some milk. They just know at some point something's gonna be put in their mouth and they're gonna be okay, right? So that's how we should be. You know, we got to get to the point that we're not worried about stuff. We got to get to the point that we know that God is going to take care of us. No matter what we're dealing with or experiencing, we have to know that God is going to take care of what we need. Verse number 27 says, and who of you by worrying can add any hour to the length of his life? Worrying is not going to add no uh, more time to our life, but worrying can shorten your life. Because worrying causes a lot of different things. When you worry, worrying can cause stress. It can cause you to have a, a stroke. It can cause heart attacks. Uh, worry, it can cause you some uh, medical issues, right? So worrying ain't going to add none to your life, but it can show take away some to your life because people will worry themselves to death. Worry, worry so much you ain't got no hair. Your edge is falling out or men bald at the top. I'm not saying all men are bald. It, because they were, we got, you know, just, you know, but, you, you know, you can be losing some hair, you know, worrying, you, you know, I see a lot of pastors, they start off with fully uh, black hair and they get the worrying so much, you see them a year or two later and they fully gray. But we can't to get to the, not all, because some of them, you know, they just, you know, it, you know, the old age sit in, but some people worry so much. Go ahead and read 28 through 30. We got to get to the place where we commit ourselves to God and trust him. And why are you worried about clothes? 
See how the lilies and wildflowers of the field grow. They do not labor, nor do they spin wool to make clothing. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory and splendor dressed himself like one of these. But if God so, okay, well, yeah, that's right. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is alive and green today and tomorrow is cut and thrown as fuel into the furnace, he will not, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. So we got to have faith in God. Go ahead and read uh, verse 31 and 32. Therefore, do not worry or be anxious, perpetually uneasy or distracted, saying, what are we going to eat or what are we going to drink or what are we going to wear? For the pagan Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, but do not worry for your heavenly father's Father knows what you need. God knows what we're in need of. He's not so sometimes we think God is surprised and shocked. <laughs> did you not know what I need? Trust me, I've been there long. God, do you not know what I'm going through? Like, hello. Hey, Jesus. <laughs> to take the wheel. Guess what? God, Jesus ain't gonna take no wheel. We sing all these crazy songs. Take the wheel. He's not gonna take the wheel. Because why? He gives you free choice. And we sing in all these songs, Lord, don't move my mountain, give me the strength to climb. And we sing, we listen to a lot of crazy songs and see, we have to really start evaluating some of these songs we sing. Jesus is not taking the wheel. Why? Because a lot of times we drive into places and we're not committing our way to God. We're doing things out of his will, out of his way. And we want him to come take the wheel when it's free choice. Because he's not going to force us to do anything. So he said, don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will take care of itself. One day has enough trouble for its own. And Well, I'm sorry, I went too far down. It says, therefore, do not worry or be anxious, perpetually, uneasy, distracted, saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? What are we going to drink? Meaning, don't be worried about the curls of life, what you're experiencing, what you're dealing with. Trust me, I've been there. It was one time, you know, you'll get to worrying about stuff that don't even matter, you know? you get to playing little stories over in your head that ain't going to never happen. I guess I'm the only one that did that. It was one time, it was probably uh, June, I'm sitting up Worried and thinking about the homeowner insurance in December. Is it gonna go up or is it gonna go down? For about a couple of weeks, and I had to get God had to get me together. I'm like, why am I even thinking about something that's so far ahead? Why am I thinking about that? Why am I so consumed with why am I letting this have me anxious, having me uneasy, having me distracted? And so many times we get distracted about things in life and the curves of the world. We get distracted about what we're dealing with, what we're going through, what we're experiencing. And so many times what we do is we make our situation worse than what it is because we get to worrying and stressing about stuff that we, we don't even have to worry and stress about. But verse number 33 says, but first and most importantly, seek, aim, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God, and all these things shall be given to you. 
given to you also. So the King James Version says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things shall be added unto you. The Amplified says, But first and most importantly, seek, which means to aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness. Seek after God. Seek after his kingdom. Seek after his righteousness. Seek after his purpose. Seek after his plan for your life. Seek his way of doing things and being right. The attitude and character God and all these things will be given to you also. So it's telling us to seek God first, seek his purpose, his plan for our life. Seek after doing what's right. Seek after uh, making sure our attitude and our character lines up with God's will and purpose for our life. See, when we seek after God, and his righteousness, and we're doing his will, guess what? Whatever we're in need of, God is going to supply it to us. He's going to add it to us. We don't have to be worried about things because God is going to take care of us in his timing. But we get so unanxious. We get so uneasy. We get so worried about stuff. Because why? We in we in a microwave world, right? Because we we want we want things done when we want it done. We just want to, you know, skip around and we want butterflies and bubbles and balloons to be thrown. We want everything to be so easy for us, right? We don't want to go through nothing. We don't want to struggle. We just want to, you know, we want our big house on the hill and we just want, we think everything just supposed to go our way, right? But if everything went our way, we'll mess it up. If God gives us everything we wanted, we'll destroy some stuff. We'll destroy ourselves. Sometimes some of the things you've been praying for, you haven't gotten it yet because if you get it now, you're not going to take care of it. You're going to destroy it. And you might even destroy yourself. If God bless you with thousands, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars and you uh Let's say you on drugs bad, you a crackhead, or you on heroin, or whatever you're doing. If you ain't delivered and you get all that money, guess what? You're going to run through it because you're going to be having crack parties. I mean, you know, you're going to be, you know, doing, you're going to be blowing it. Why do you think so many people win the lottery? God, if you just bless me to win the lottery, woo! Glory! Hey! God, I promise I'm going to give. And then you win the lottery. You don't give a dime to the church. Five years later, you at the church asking for food. Needing your bills paid. See, some of us, if God was to give us some stuff right now, we're we going to destroy it. It might even destroy and kill ourselves. Because why? You're not prepared for it. You don't know how to take care of it. But if you allow God to build you, to mold you, if you commit your way to the Lord, if you begin to trust him and allow him to work on your character, your attitude, show you how to budget and plan when he brings the things in your life, when he begins to add all this stuff to you, that's a part of his purpose and your his plan for your life. Guess what? You know how to take care of it. If you put $100,000 in your hand today. You ain't, soon as it hits your account, you ain't at the mall. Soon as it hits your account, you ain't planning no vacation. Soon as it hits your account, you ain't stacking up your bar. 
Soon as he hit the, hit the account, you ain't calling your plug. Why? Because you committed your way to God and you say, okay, God, you blessed me with this $100,000. What do you want me to do with it? What do you, what do you want me to So Give me direction. You won't, we won't be so wasteful. And some of us, the problem is that we don't have enough. Oh, I just need to make more money. Now, the problem is you don't need to make more money because the more money you make, the more money you waste. So your problem is not you need more money. Your problem is you need to learn how to manage your money. The Bible tells us to be a good steward over what God has given us. And some of us are not good stewards over what God has given us. If you was to look through your uh spending for the last month and write down every time you don't swipe your debit card and everything that you spending your money on you'll find out that's a lot of stuff that you didn't even need that you could have a little bit more money right now in your pocket because you're just swiping your car and the holidays are coming up and you people are going to just be really overspending amazon finna make a lot of money especially off of us minorities because we want to keep up with the Joneses and we got to have everything that's coming out and everything that's on sale. But we got to start saying, hey, do I really need this? Do I need a new dress? You want to buy a new dress, but you got five in your closet that you haven't worn. You want to buy a new pair of uh, uh, Jordans, but you got six that's in the box that you just wear once every once in a while. That's you know, not, not saying I got there's something wrong with people having collections and stuff. But I'm saying if you ain't got that kind of money, and every time you get some money, you spending your money on stuff that's minute that you can really do without. You barely got gas in your car to get to work, but you running eating that red lobster. You done spend sixty dollars. You done had a shrimp platter and two drinks. So sometimes the it's not that you don't have enough money. It's not. It's just that you ain't budgeting your money. Instead of going to Red Lobster, giving them all that money, go to the store and buy you some fish and shrimp, cook it yourself. But, you know, I deserve this. I'm treating me. Well, treating you, and then two days later, you ain't got no money, and you mad at God because you didn't take care of what he gave you. So when we commit our way to the Lord, we start changing. Our thought patterns start changing. Things about us start changing. We start doing things a little bit differently because we start consulting God. We stop overspending. And I don't even know why I'm coming down this road overspending. We stop spending our money on stuff that we don't need. Not saying that you can't never treat yourself to something and don't have a good time. But some of us, we spending money on stuff that we don't need. We just wasteful. We got to start taking care of what we have. Glory to God. But it says, all these things will be added unto you. God knows what we have need of. But we got to seek him first. Put him first. Acknowledge him. Allow God to be God. Stop trying to do stuff our way and in, in ourselves and of our own. So it says, 34 says, so don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. Stop worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow and what's going to happen next week and next year. 
Each let each day take care of itself. What to say? The day by day. Take this thing day by day. Because me worried about tomorrow. Guess what? It's not, not going to do nothing for the day. Is Lord, what do you want me to do today? Who do you want me to pray for today? Who can I bless today? What is it that I can do for you today? But we, instead of us doing it, most of us, it's it's not what we can do with God for God today. It's what God can do for us today. Because we have our long list and we roll off every day. We just roll call. But we got to commit our way to the Lord. Commit to God. Trust him. Give everything over to him. Trust in him. Just know that whatever you're in need of, God is going to do it for you. Guess what? He can accomplish things that we can. So when we trust also into him and we allow God to bring it to pass, when we put our faith in him and we cast all our curse upon him, he can take care of things that we can't. Because why? He know what we're in need of. He can do what you can't do. But so many times we always try to be God. We want to take control. When the word says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither my ways, your ways, said the Lord. It says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Why? Because sometimes our thoughts, if we really sit back, sometimes we have some crazy thoughts come through our head. Especially if we just, you know, we get to focus and meditate on stuff. You'll be thinking, doing one thing. And next thing you know, you got some crazy stuff coming in your head. Sometimes the devil will put, you know, you know, you just get to thinking about some something. Have you ever been having a good day? You was and you thought about somebody or something somebody said to trigger you, and all of a sudden your thoughts just went, ooh, you done did a whirlwind. You got the, the word tells us to cast down every vain imagination and everything that exalts itself higher than God. We got to think cast that stuff down. You know what? Mm-mm, I'm not gonna think about that. I'm not gonna let this ruin my day. How many ever been having a good day? You you Wake up, you're on your way to work, you have a good day at work, you get to work, somebody say or do something, and now your day ruined, and now you have all these crazy thoughts and everything going on in your head, and it's not, you got there at nine, and it's nine or one, and you're ready to go home. You done let this stuff ruin your whole day. Let's start taking authority over that stuff in your head and say, you know what, I'm not going to entertain these thoughts. I take a subjection over these thoughts. I'm going to think about positive stuff because guess what? If you're sitting around thinking about negative stuff all day, guess what? You're going to produce some negative outcomes in your life. Why? Because you're going to start doing negative stuff and negative stuff going to make you uh, thinking about all that negative stuff going to make you have you making some negative decisions, some wrong decisions. Glory to God. So we got to commit ourselves to God, dedicate ourselves to him. The, The word tells us we need to be set apart. For his purpose, his plan. When we commit ourselves to God, when we trust him, it means that we rely on him. We confide in him. We have faith in him. We wait on him. We are patient, right? 
And sometimes that word wait is, it can, to us, sometimes waiting is a curse. It's like, God, do you know how long, how long I'm going to keep waiting now? Juanita Bottom had that song on my way, but sometimes, like, you know, I do mind waiting because I've been waiting a long time, God. <laughs> how long? How long? You know, David asked the long, asked the God a question, God, how long is this going to continue to be going on? And some of us feel like, God, how long? I'm going to keep waiting. How long? I'm going to keep being in this situation. God, how long my finances is going to be jacked up? How long I'm going to be single? How long I'm going to keep doing without? How long, God? When is you going to come through? God, when is the, the, all these prophetic words that I've got over my life, all these dreams and visions you done showed me? God, how long? I'm going to continue to wait for this stuff to happen. How long? But guess what? We still got to wait. We still got to trust him. We still got to commit. Why? Because his ways is not our ways. Just said earlier that sometimes if God was to start doing some of that stuff right now, man, we'll be... If God bless you with your husband right now and you ain't ready, you're going to just uh, tear everything up. Not saying that you're not going to go through nothing, but you're going to have, you, you're going to be, it's going to be a little rough patch. It's going to be a little worse than it could be because you're not ready. Some of us got to work on ourselves. Some of us selfish. Some of us is our way or the highway. Some of us have zero understanding. Some of us go from zero to a hundred real quick. We get upset, we fly out the handle, we hang up and people fade. Some of us just need to mature. It's some people that need, somebody on here needs to mature. You can't get mad all the time. So just because somebody disagree with you, you got to learn how to agree to disagree. If you having a disagreement with somebody and you always get mad, you got to you flying off the handle, you got to walk out the room, you get upset, you want to raise your voice, you want to cut somebody out, you want to hang up the phone. That means there's an area that you need to mature in. And it's okay because we've all been there. We've all I I used to be like I get you get mad in a minute. Bye. Holla. My way to deuces, my way to high. Hey, peace. When talk to you, be right in the store, walk by you, act like I don't know you. But I had to mature. So we got to mature. God, help me grow in this area. If somebody says something to you and you get easily offended by somebody else's opinion, that means there's something on the inside of you that is triggering. And you just say, you know what, God? This right here made me feel this way. Why am I feeling this way? Every, every day I self-examine, I try to self-examine myself. I said, why did I get up so upset and mad at that? Why did that make me so upset and mad? What is it triggering me on, on the inside of me that I need to change? And when God revealed it to me, I work on it and then I get peace. But if I go around like, you know what? That's all about them. That's all on her. That's all on him. That ain't me. I can't never grow, right? But in order for us to grow, when we commit ourselves to God, we we have to work on us. See, your relationship with God is between you and him. Your personal relationship with God is between you and him. It's a one-on-one -on -one relationship. He the coach and you the, uh, whatever you call it, the student. He your guide. He's your lead, right? He gives you the instructions. He show you know what to do. He has the playbook. You don't. But some of us, we like the parents sitting on the benches. 
when the coach trying to get the kids to play, the parents trying to tell the coach what to do. And that's how some of us is on the day. We want to tell God what to do. Well, you know, God, I think you, it's just like we're saying, well, God, you know what, God, I know you said this, but this is what I think you should do for me. So I want you to, instead of you running this play, God, I want you to run this other play because I think that's going to be the best play because I want to win this game real quick and to get to the next spot, right? No, that's not how it works. We got to allow God to run the plays. And we got to sit back and just follow directions, follow. And, and sometimes, it, you know, it can be a little difficult because some of us, you know, we, we struggle with pride. We got a lot of stuff we need to work on. And it's okay. We all got stuff to work on. And if you think you ain't got nothing to work on, you got to go reevaluate re yourself. Because you got something to work on. If you think you ain't got no issue, that's an issue right there. Because you think you ain't got no issue. I, just let me know what's working for you. Because I would love to be that perfect as well. But we got to get to the place where we come. And I hope this is helping someone on today. Because guess what? It's something in here that's helping me. I had to say, look, God, wait a minute. Whew, it hurts. But it's, you know. But some of us, we're like, okay, God, how long? How long I'm going to be dealing with this? How long I'm going to be going through this? How long I'm going to be going through that? You just got to continue to wait. You got to continue to wait and continue to allow God to be God in our lives. Glory to God. Uh, I was one more scripture I wanted to go over. Was it in 2 Corinthians because all of us have problems, all of us have issues, all of us have thorns in our side, all of us have things that we need to work on and things that we need to deal with. We all do. Nobody is perfect. Nobody is perfect. Not one of us. We all have some issues. We all sin. Now, do we all just purposely go out and sin every day? No. But do can we or will we sin? Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. Oh, no, I never, never. I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow, you know? I don't run around cussing people out. But, you know, if I'm in the store and somebody running hard on my feet too bad, I mean, who knows? I mean, man, the first time my kids heard me cuss, probably they was in either, I think, junior high. One of them hit my, the back of my heel with that basket. <laughs> And for I know, and they like, <gasps> she cussed. Oh my God, I can't believe she said that and cussed me out. And I didn't even cuss them out. I just cussed because one of them hit the back of my heel with a basket. And, and I cussed. So I can't, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, I can't say, oh, I'll never, I'll never do that. Oh, I would, I don't know. Am I going to purposely? Am I thinking about cussing somebody out or cussing? No. But could it happen? Yeah, it could. You know, so you never know what you can do. But if I do or did, I'm going to say, God, you know what, Lord? I know that wasn't right. It came out right. I, sometimes you can do stuff and sometimes you really, it really can't win your attention. You just, you know, you're thinking about stuff in your head. That's why you got to get your thoughts on the subjection because what? Your thoughts can turn into words, and if you're saying that stuff, it can turn into actions. 
Glory to God. But all of us have things that we need to work on. If you have your Bible, Simone, go to, I think it's 2 Corinthians 12. And uh, read 12, 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10 for me. We all have issues. We all have things that we need to work on. Glory to God. We all have thorns in our flesh. Paul had a thorn in his flesh. And he said, I went to the Lord three times about this thorn in my flesh. Some of you, you then went to the Lord several times about the problem you're going through or the situation that you experienced. Well, God, when did it go happen? Sometimes God allows us to go through things and it can be a thorn in our flesh. And you're like, God, when? And he told Paul, my grace is sufficient. So guess what? What you're dealing with, God's grace is sufficient. His strength is sufficient enough to help you through. But you got to let him. You got to commit yourself to him. You got to yield to him. And sometimes it's hard because it's like that thorn and you're just like, you want. I know you want to be in control of everything, baby, but you can't be in control. You got to let God be in control. Go ahead, Reed. You said seven through nine or ten? Uh, I think it's ten. Let me flip to it. Start at seven. Okay. Because of the surpassing greatness and extraordinary nature of the revelations which I received from God, for this reason, to keep me from thinking of myself as important, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to torment and harass me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might leave me, <laughs> but he had said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and my mercy are more than enough, always available, regardless of the situation. For my power is being perfected and it's always completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness. Therefore, I will all the more gladly boast in my weakness so that the power of Christ may completely enfold me and may dwell in me. Amen. So it's a God, about God dwelling in us. We're going to go through some challenges. We're going to go through some things. You're going to have some things that afflict you. He said, I, I went to the Lord three times about this thing. And he said, my grace is sufficient. You don't went to God several times about your finances. He said, my grace is sufficient. You don't went to him about different desires that you have. He said, my grace is sufficient. You don't went to him about your marriage, your problems that you have. My grace is sufficient. You don't went to God about your the diagnosis that the doctor gave you, about your, your, your body. And he said, my grace is sufficient. You don't went to him about your business. He said, my grace is sufficient. You don't went to him about your job. He said, my grace is sufficient. And some of us are like, Paul, oh, we've been pleading with God. You know, but God allows this stuff to happen sometime in our life. Sometimes it's like Paul said, so we don't think that so much highly of ourselves that we so important. Some of us think, you know, and it's. The word tells us to let others exalt and esteem us instead of us ourselves. You got so many people, they love to push themselves up and exalt themselves. He said he pleaded with the Lord that this will leave me. You done pleaded with the Lord that some things change. And God saying on the night, you know what? My grace is sufficient. I'm allowing this to happen for a reason. 
Trust my purpose. Trust my plan. Allow me to be God. Trust the process. Stop being in a rush. And what are you such in a hurry? And we get so in a hurry and a rush for stuff. For what? Have you ever been wanted something so bad? And you was in a rush to get it. And as soon as you got it, it's like on to the next thing you're in a rush for. You was in a rush to get an apartment. Soon as you got your apartment. You was in a rush to get a particular job. Soon as you got that job. We get such in a rush for so many different things, and then soon we get it. And sometimes you can get a rush for to get something. Hey, you ever been wanting something so bad? And when you get it, you like, mm, this ain't all I thought this was gonna be. This ain't what I thought this was gonna be. This ain't, you know, this ain't it. So we got to allow God to be God. Stop being in a hurry. Allow God's timing. Things are going to happen in God's time. But guess when we get in a hurry, we mess things up. Sometimes we can prolong things. Children of Israel were wandering around the uh, wilderness for 40 years when they could have been where they needed to go. And many of us were wandering around the wilderness a long time. We could have been where we needed to go. But we ain't got there yet because we're not trusting God in his process. We keep getting in the way. And God said, my grace is sufficient. Whatever you need, my grace is sufficient. My power, my grace is sufficient. It's made perfect in your weakness. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, guess what? God is right there with you. He's your help. He's your deliverer. He's your healer. He's your sustainer. It's going to, that house that God said you're going to get, it's going to come in his timing. But God wants you to work on some things before you get that new house. Some You might need to work on your credit, but some of us, you get such in a hurry to go get some, and you end up spending more than you could have spent if you waited. And he said, my grace is sufficient. It's going to happen in my timing. Just trust the process. Just commit your way to me. And allow me to do it. Just dedicate yourself to me and trust yourself over to me. Take it day by day. Each and every day, just make a decision. God, I'm going to trust you. God, I'm going to stand on your words. God, I'm going to stand on your promises. Not saying that you're perfect and you're not going to make some mistakes because you are. But God, I have a desire to please you. God, give me a desire to please you. Give me a thirst and hunger after your righteousness. God, I got some thorns in my flesh, but God, I want to please you. And I know that you are made perfect in my weakness. And I know the things that I'm dealing with that you allowing me to go through is going to be for your purpose and your plan. It's going to build me up and strengthen me. Because if I if God don't do it, then guess what? We'll start thinking more highly of ourselves. See, if God don't, some of us, if God don't allow us to keep going through different struggles, we get so high and mighty and get to floating and gloating in the clouds like we all this and that. And so God got to allow things to happen just to keep bringing us down a little bit notch. But that's okay. God allows things to happen so he can continue to build us, so he can continue to strengthen us, so we can get to the place that we trust him more and more. Okay, that happened. Okay, God, I trust you. That happened. Okay, God, I trust you. That happened too. You know what? God, I'm still going to trust you. 
I'm still going to commit myself to you. Glory to God. I'm still going to trust you. I'm still going to follow you. I'm still going to try to do good. I'm still going to try to do right. And when I make a mistake and do something that I know I shouldn't have did, God, you know what? I know I was wrong. I repent. I'm sorry I did that, Lord. God, I don't even know why I did that. Some of you now, you're like, God, I done did some stuff this week. I don't know why I did that, Lord. But God, I, forgive me. Help me, God. Continue to be my strength. And just allow God to do it for you. So I appreciate everyone for joining us on tonight for Faith Talk, where we come to encourage, empower, and inspire you to trust God. So I hope something was said on today that help you, that you can reflect back on as you continue and out your week or even on next week when different things or situations may come up. You can just hold on to God's word and know that God is with you. Know that God is going to take care of you. God knows. I, look, I love that God knows what we need. Even though, and I've been there. It was one time I'm like, God, do you not know what I'm dealing with? Do you not know what I'm going through? And God, I know what you're dealing with. I know what you're going through. Sometimes we think God is surprised at what we going through. Just commit yourself to God, his way, and allow him to do it for you. Amen, Minerva. Amen, gorgeous Stewie. And allow God to do it for you. Because guess what? Let me tell you a secret. If you could have fixed what you're dealing with, it would have been fixed a long time ago. So stop worrying about it. Just take it one day at a time and allow God to continue to work on you. You got 24 hours in a day to work on you. And then the next day, you got 24 hours to work on you. And then the next day, you got 24 hours to work on you. Stop trying to fix other people. See, some of us, we want to fix everybody else. We got to work on us. And then pray for the other person that God work on them. So we got to allow God to work on us. And as he working on us, continue to commit ourselves to him and everything that we're dealing with, just say, you know what? Okay, God, I trust you. No matter what it looks like, I trust you. No matter how I feel right now, God, I trust you. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to stop. God, I trust you. Amen. So, Father God, we just say thank you on tonight. We give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise, God. We magnify your holy name. Hallelujah. Father God, I lift up each and every person, God, that's on here on tonight. We just decree and declare, God, that everything that they're in need of has already been supplied. Father God, help us to trust you, God. Help us to lean and depend on you, God. Help us to cast our cares upon you, God. Help us to just lay all our heavy burdens at your feet and take on your yoke because your yoke is light. Help us to get to the place in our walk with you where we totally depend on you, God. 
and that we follow you and that we listen to you and that we obey the instructions that you give us, God. Father God, if we committed any sin, knowing or unknowing, we ask that you forgive us, God, and that you help us, God. Hallelujah. Because we desire to please you and we desire to walk upright before you, God. And we are so grateful and thankful, God, that our, your strength is made perfect in our weakness, that we can draw off of your strength because you are our strength, God. And I thank you for giving each and every person on tonight strength to continue to endure, strength to persevere, strength to keep going, the strength to stand, God, the strength to not compromise, the strength, God, that what we will just say, God, I trust you, God, in spite of, God, the strength to wait on you, on your timing, and to trust your process, God, in the name of Jesus. And we say thank you, Lord. We give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless everyone. Thank you for joining Faith Talk on tonight. Amen. As always, we love you guys in Jesus' name. And there's nothing you can do about it. Amen. Good night, everyone. I think I'm religious. I'm just trying to eat a meal. But I don't